Hey everyone, it's Jacqueline Melanick. Welcome to Chain Reaction, a show that unpacks and dives deep into the latest trends, drama, and news with some of the biggest names in crypto, breaking things down block by block for the crypto curious. Today's guest is Gwendolyn Regina, an investment director at BNB Chain. Prior to leading investments at BNB Chain, Gwen worked at Facebook, now known as Meta, building a new business unit for VC partnerships and startup growth. She's also a founder of a few different businesses and a founding team member for an early stage tech investment firm, Thymos Capital. Gwen, it's great to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you so much, Jacqueline. Great to be here. How are you doing? I know I'm in the morning time zone. She's in the night time zone. So, you know, we're on opposite sides of the world right now. <laughs> exactly. But I also work till really late. So you never know when it's morning or night, right? Especially if you close all the curtains. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, crypto is 24-7. So it really exactly. never ends for us, right? <laughs> but to start, Gwen, I want to dive into what BNB Chain is for our listeners and how your role fits in there. BNB Chain was launched in 2020 and was initially kicked off by Binance, the world's largest crypto exchange by trading volume. So Gwen, can you tell us briefly about your role as an investment director for a layer one blockchain? And is BNB Chain still involved with Binance or how has that relationship changed? <laughs> Jacqueline, three questions, right? You rolled it into yeah, one. Yeah, we're starting off strong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. So BNB Chain, as you rightly put it, was launched in September 2020. So we're kind of just past, you know, two and a half years old. And today we are the largest public blockchain by users and one of the highest TVL. So that's amazing. And my role as investment director here, along with all the other good people, the core team of BNB Chain, we're here to, number one, grow the blockchain industry. We're here to grow the pie, right? As with all of us here, yourself included. Second, of course, from BNB Chain perspective, we want to grow usage of BNB Chain. We want to grow adoption. And what that means for us is that we really want three main audiences. So first is we do want the retail market mass usage by a person on the street, right? We're still trying to get there. We're still collectively trying to bridge the gap. Second is that we are looking at a lot of the builders, developers. Again, that's the really, really the core audience because these are the people building the next wave of dApps and protocols that we will use and change our lives, right? And the third is, you know, I think on a larger perspective, when you look at getting crypto blockchain to 1 billion users, you know, you do need to work with Web2 companies, traditional companies, right? You, we've seen a lot more adoption in the news by a lot of big brands. So that's something also we're keeping an eye on. So in, in total, you know, what my role is, is I look at new projects, I talk to them, figure out how can we help them accelerate their growth on BNB chain. And specifically as well, you know, I run our grants program, for example, where we pick up to 10 projects a month. Actually, practically, we pick like less than five a month because it's very highly selective. And we you know, pick the best to try to help them grow on BNB Chain. Awesome. And then to my third question in the first set of questions, <laughs> is BNB Chain still involved with Binance or how has that relationship changed? Yes. Yeah. So the last two and a half years, Binance has been financially supporting the core team of BNB Chain. And there's still a big contributor from that perspective. That's one. Second is that the whole Binance ecosystem is a very large suite of products and different 
community groups, right? And we still want to make sure that when someone is on the BNB chain ecosystem, we connect them to the best parts of the Binance ecosystem. So the short answer is they are still a large contributor to the BNB chain ecosystem. Mm -hmm. I mean, BNB runs both, you know, on Binance.com as well as the BNB chain layer one. Got it. And with all these different blockchains available out there today, why do developers choose to create dApps or build on the BNB chain opposed to, you know, a chain that's not tied to a big exchange like Binance historically? Like what benefits does it provide for projects and developers? Yeah. So for us, there are a few key reasons. One key reason is that our technology has been incredibly robust over the last two and a half years. We mostly did not go down except for a hack a few months ago, right? And even then, no user funds were were, were touched, right? So everyone was safe. So across that time, we've also proven that with our tech stack, we're able to scale again to 1 million DAUs. All-time high was 2.27 million. So proven scalability and robustness, that's one huge important thing in terms of reliability. Second is in terms of the user base, because, you know, as a protocol or a dApp, where do you want to go? When you're building a product, you want your users. And where are users? We have the largest user base again, right? So when you come to our ecosystem, you, number one, already have access to that. Number two, what that means is that you can get more transactions. More transactions means more transaction fees. More transaction fees means more revenue, means you're more sustainable, right? So for many of these reasons, it makes a lot of financial, prudent financial and business sense to come to the chain. And third, you know, you kind of mentioned connection, right, in quotes to to a larger exchange. And, you know, we kind of talked about that. But yeah, you know, we, we do, you know, want to make sure that we connect projects that come to BNB Chain, not just with different Binance products, but really, really across the entire BNB Chain ecosystem. So we're very confident in all these different ways. We're already seeing a lot of these examples coming over. So, for example, Joe Pax has, you know, launched on BNB Chain. We've got so many others that's coming on. Frax has also come on, Liquid Staking, right? Different kinds of protocols, platforms. OpenSea, for example, you know, launched um, integrated BNB Chain a few months ago as well. So we're seeing a lot more platforms and protocols, typically outside the BNB Chain ecosystem, really start coming on board right now. Awesome. That is good to hear for you guys, right? <laughs> yeah, very exciting. And also, like, it's also... It's all like bigger pie, right? Because mm-hmm. I, I think we're really in a multi-chain world and we're just doubling down on it. Yeah. So changing gears into the investment world, you know, the world you live in, definitely. How has your investing strategy and opinion changed since you've began at BNB Chain? And what are you shifting your focus to for 2023? Or is it the same as it was last year? Good question. One, investments actually don't change. Our investment thesis and what you look out for don't change. Mm-hmm. And yet it also changes. So let me explain. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> right? So why I say it doesn't change is that ultimately, when you invest in something, you're really investing in team. That has never, ever changed. I've been, I started investing like really long time ago, 17 years ago. And so I've had the privilege of working with many founders, you know, across all the different fields, e-commerce to deep tech PhDs, right? And ultimately, the one key thing is really the quality of the team. That has never changed. And again, all the classics, you know, um, are you in a market? You know, how innovative product and stuff like that. So all that is classic investment, right? You look out for in a team, in a, in a company, in a project. 
So I guess getting more to the crux of your question, right, Jacqueline, in terms of the themes, right? That's a very interesting question because we all know that blockchain and crypto moves incredibly fast. So yes, to the extent we we may be more precise in certain areas, right? But largely speaking, it also has not changed. So one thing we constantly kind of put out, especially at the beginning of 2022 last year, was something that we called MetaFi. And MetaFi was a word that for us was an amalgamation of, you know, social fi, DeFi, GameFi, NFTs, where the word meta means metadata, which is still true today, mm-hmm. right? But over the last year, you know, we've, we've seen the bear market still in the bear, right? Maybe mini bull, what have you. But regardless, we are in a very, in a phase where everyone's building. And, you know, with all the changes in the market, you know, we're being more precise now. For example, you know, we really also believe in ETH 2.0, right? So we want to enable more of such capabilities also on BNB chain. And when you look at NFTs, so BNB chain NFT ecosystem has been steadily increasing and getting more diverse and and rich over the last, rich in terms of volume, you know, and interest over the last few months. So it's something where like, okay, you know what, now that we're seeing some interest there, let's really make sure that our NFT infrastructure is also there. Because when you look at any category, what you need are two things, right? You need the infrastructure, the tooling, so that dApps can build upon good base and then vice versa, right? Infrastructure tool and tooling will not be interested in supporting a new chain if there's no users, if there's no actual dApps that might use it. So it's a circular, you know, it, it, it's links, right? So because of that, you know, we're looking at a few categories, for example. So like I mentioned, you know, liquid staking is one. Real world mm-hmm. assets is something that we've been talking about for quite a long time now. And I still think that we're still fairly far away because even on the BNB chain side of things, you know, we're like, well, we're seeing some, you know, some real estate stuff and stuff like that. But nothing has really gotten, you know, kind of to a good stage, right? But we're still hopeful because this is where it links to, again, real world use cases or way more mass use cases. So then a second category is that we've always been strong in games. So out of our 1 million DAUs, about 40% are gaming, mm-hmm. right? And so even you see our NFT ecosystem, you know, on a few NFT marketplaces, on including OpenSea, a few of them are GameFi projects, right? Our GameFi infrastructure has always been relatively strong, but because things evolve so much, we, again, are trying to find, for example, like really one-stop shop like GameFi infrastructure. You know, we're looking then at kind of periphery, which is like one-click minting, you know, and stuff like that. For kind of the second-order subcategories of this main category of GameFi. So going back to the investment thesis, is that when we look at then the different themes, we always ask ourselves, what is really missing now? And more importantly, this is where future sensing is very important in investments and thinking about it is that you have to think about what will be important in six months, right? Mm. I mean, before blockchain and crypto, it's more like what will be important in three years maybe. But now when crypto, everything moves so fast, it's like you're trying to future sense in about six months period. So that's how we look at things from the investment side of things. But again, for us, you know, investments is also more than just financial capital. It's really a lot of growth incentives. So we've rolled out a lot of different things like gas fee rebates. We have a 10 million growth incentive programs. We've got the grants, as I mentioned. And one thing for gaming specifically that we've been really doing a lot of things, we're doubling down even more on, is we want Web2 game developers to come to BNB Chain. So 
So we launched Game Jam. And Game Jam is a term that all game developers know, right? So they're building a new game. So yeah, so it's incredibly exciting for us. So with all that said, Gwen, I feel like there was a lot of things there and I have so many follow-up questions. But my first one would be, would it be fair to say or ask that the BNB chain's investments and grants mainly go towards gaming? And if so, how did you guys create such a large gaming ecosystem on the chain? Great question. So gaming came about organically mm -hmm. because at that point in time, number one, we were the most robust ecosystem uh, technology-wise. And then we were one of the cheapest as well. So with robustness and cheaper fees, it made a good combination for games which required large volume of transactions. So that was organic. But how have we then doubled down to try to encourage you even more? Is that yes, we do use investments and grants to do that. For example, one of our grant winners for the last few months was Pathverse. It's another gaming metaverse. But at the same time, again, Game Jam is another aspect, but really we're looking at it where when we talk to the different leading games in our community already, if it makes sense for them, especially for infra, right? Or they're doing different aspects of the entire ecosystem to partner and to maybe co-market with another gaming dApp. So we do some aspects of that. I would say that because we've been so strong that, at that, we again are definitely doubling down on that. And we're hoping that Game Jam will evolve even more to more like physical game jams because now it's just online. So we want to do more physical game jams around the world as well. Right. In the last few years, we saw the growth of, you know, DeFi, Summer, NFTs, gaming, and so on. What are some of the big categories getting investments so far in 2023, whether that be on BNB chain or through conversations you're having with other people who invest in the space? And I know this is a crazy question, but I've got to ask, what do you think is the next big category? Yeah, that's a great question. So let me answer the second question first, right? Mm -hmm. Next big category. <sighs> Tough question, Jacqueline. You don't have um, to be right. And if you are, then we could give you credit, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I've also been on other podcasts saying some, like, you know, we'll reach like 1 billion users in three years or something, you know? Right. I keep it there, right? We'll see what I'm right. Um, for the next big category, I can tell you a bit my thought process and then we'll try to nail one, right? Mm -hmm. So at one point I was like, okay, maybe music fine. Well, we've got a few music projects on BNB chain. For example, CoreWrite allows musicians to crowdfund their next album directly with their fans, which is amazing, has done well. They worked with Alan Walker, for example, and is doing well, you know. And we have a few others as well. Melos is another. But as a general space, I think we haven't gotten a mass market yet. Mm. So I think if you look at what we're strong in, gaming, that's definitely one category. Again, we've seen the likes of XE. Right. And now mm -hmm. with Game Jam, we're hoping to incubate, so to speak, even more of like the, the potential ones that will really bridge the Web 2 and Web 3 gap. The reason why I'm hesitating is because gaming is a category that we've been talking about for a long time. So I don't think it's like a new, new category, right? It's a new answer to you, mm -hmm. so to speak. But I think the one bit that we're really more excited about is that I think we're seeing a maturing of obviously of everything, right? So we're much more interested in infrastructure. For example, we're seeing a lot more DIDs and, and all coming about. One of the grand winners as well from the last few months is DMail, which is decentralized email, which links a lot to DID. We also have Space ID as one of the leading projects on BNB chain. And all these, I think, is very, very interesting. But related to that, I kind of want to talk about one last thing, right? It's about data and new oil. So I think we look at it more in not in terms of like pure categories and making bets that way, even, even though you have to get linking back to what I said, you have to linking back to about where you focus your efforts. But we're always focused on building the base infrastructure for crypto. So we launched Greenfield, 
which is basically decentralized storage, literally just a few weeks ago. And it's something that we're very excited about because there's a lot to it. In the Web3 world, literally metadata is the one that is transferred. But we, while we have IPFS and Arweave and stuff like that, we do believe that decentralized storage, there's much more improvements to be made. So that's one category that we're very interested in. So infrastructure is a whole category. Then decentralized identities as one. Decentralized storage and data is another bit. You know, how do you fix better problems there? That's another one that we're excited about. So decentralized storage is kind of like a subsector or a Web3 version of like the cloud? Yes, basically. Yes. Okay. And that would be like a focus for BNB chain going forward. That's also something that investing. Yes. Okay. Got it. Yeah, so uh, we launched Greenfield as another chain alongside our multi-chain ecosystem already. So we have the core, you know, BNB smart chain and we've got Greenfield. We're also doing privacy, ZK, BNB and stuff like that, right? So all this is really meant to take our infrastructure from its currently, you know, strong position to even stronger. Yeah, we're really fully bullish on that because if I'm going to take another category and a little bit, it's very related, but maybe might be seen as off topic and not often talked about is how blockchain can enable even better AI. Because when you look at how now in the world, we're seeing again the chat GPTs of the world take over, right? But generative AIs, again, you know, it's not new, but now it's much more, you know, user-friendly, it's, it's available to the masses at this point. But one thing in terms of that is that AI is very dependent on data sets. So I think that blockchain and especially decentralized storage is even more important to enable true AI that doesn't cut out the small people, that doesn't just accrue all the value to the big, the big companies. Because the big companies have all the data at this point, right? So I do see blockchain, decentralized storage, enabling more uh, micro data collections, right? So different companies can have their own data sets and they can still win potentially in little niches. All right. Gwen, as we talk about all these major crypto areas, I think it's fair to say none of them have fully found a way to bring on mainstream adoption yet. You can argue maybe NFTs and gaming are starting to, but they're still pretty isolated from the non-crypto world. How do you think it could become easier for Web2 and people who aren't crypto native to get into this world? What's needed to bridge that gap, so to speak, and overcome these current obstacles so mainstream adoption can become possible and we could hit that 1 billion users, as you mentioned earlier? Design. I think that's the biggest lever that we need at this point. Our Web3 products are incredibly hard to use. <laughs> Right? Yep. You've got all your different wallets. Like you have to have Excel sheets, you know, tracking, you know, what you're doing, staking here or whatever you're doing, right? And all the signing and all, all the hacks data, you know, it's extremely alien to even Web3 natives. What more to someone who's new to the space? So we do need designers to really rethink product design, user onboarding, making it easy for people to come on board and, and join a product and protocol, but also to make as little mistakes, as few mistakes as possible. Because privacy, security is one big thing. Privacy and security are one big thing. Security, as we all see in all the different hacks, right? Things stolen, rug pulls. It's scary. It's scary to people in the space. And it's even scary to people who don't know what's happening, right? People outside, you know, think it's a Ponzi scheme, right? Of course, some of them are, you know, and a lot of them are also scams. But there is legit, there are legit 
things happening in our space. And we need people to, we need designers to, I mean, of course you need sec- people that doing tech security, right? That's, that's base, right? But the designers, we need them to come in to really think from the user's perspective. That's, I think, one of the biggest levers that we need. So designers, you're listening, please join the Web3 world. <laughs> Yeah. Do you think these design? Yeah. Would these designers be coming from like external industries or are there ones already in Web3 that are building? Like, have you seen some good design so far where you're like, this is so accessible. I could give this to someone that isn't even in crypto and they could figure it out or no? That's a good question. Yeah. So we've got two, we've got, we've got a few Grand winners coming out, which I cannot reveal yet. One of them, they do have pretty good design targeting the African creator community, you know. We've got some other uh, projects. Some of the games are okay, right? But I would say, largely speaking, I I would dare say there hasn't been one clear outstanding winner at this point. Very like consumer and product-facing. So one of our biggest projects in BNB Chain that has done really well is Hooked hooked protocol so they are extremely user forward they've like something like 300,000 weekly active users and it's a quiz to earn app you know doing really really well so the design is is amazing such that they can retain the retail users the mass market so that's one example apart from that we're still lacking the fact that I can really only name like a couple out of Mm -hmm. the thousands and thousands of dApps out there. It's kind of sad, right? So (laughs) I do think that this designers, we need, we just need to grow the pool of talent, Jacqueline. We just need more people coming from, you know, agencies, right? Who's been doing like digital design over the last 10 years or something. And, you know, they may start with NFTs because that's maybe like, oh, art and art. They may know well, which is great. And then come in, you know, and then apply those product design skills to uh, like a non-NFT protocol. Right. What are some traditional Web2 sectors that you think are being revamped right now to include Web3? Well, you do see the social media ones, right? Like, you know, Meta, as you mentioned, my previous company, (laughs) doing some stuff there. Reddit doing some stuff there. Starbucks, Nike, all doing cool stuff there, right? So yeah, so I think these very consumer-facing ones, obviously, I mean, maybe not obviously, but have really taken on the Web3 world and, and taking it all seriously, I think more mm-hmm. importantly, right? And like, hey, let's figure out how can we bring, you know, the world of NFTs to our users? Because those are the, the first implementations of all these brands I just mentioned. So this is one big category. But I think the other side that we also think about is how can the larger ones that maybe a bit more B2B ones, you know, kind of, or B2B2C, you know, companies kind of take advantage of this as well. So this, I think, is still a much more, I would say, slower burn. Because mm-hmm. these more enterprise companies, you know, require different levels of uh, privacy security that might require more ZKs, for example, right? That might require private blockchains, which may just have a bridge to something like BNB chain, right? So there's many different ways in which it can be spun. And I think a lot of people, I mean, you know, we're still trying to figure out the enterprise use cases here. And what about gaming? Do you think AAA studios are getting more interested or is it hard to still have these conversations with them and get their interest to, you know, build on BNB chain or get into Web3 in general? So the short answer is these AAA gaming companies have explored BNB chain. The challenge then is that I think a AAA game typically takes anywhere from three to seven years to develop. That's like literally it's a long a, time, a, yeah. <laughs> yeah, an infinity in, in blockchain, right? So I think when AAA games start thinking about coming over to Web3, it shouldn't be about the amazing design and stuff like that. I think at some point we might arrive there. But at this point, it 
does seem as if like the tech and infra and the user base, you know, it's much more conducive for more lighter social mobile games, which is where our game jam is focused on anyway, right? Because mm-hmm. we think that it's all these like more casual games or mid-core games that has the potential to really have more of a reach and get more users and gamers because it's more accessible. All the NFT stuff is just, you know, everything moves faster, right? So there's just more churn. I mean, not churn in terms of there's more movement, right? AAA games coming in, great, they're thinking of it, but they need to rethink their strategies. They cannot be too arrogant to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to hire the best team. We're going to take seven years to build something and you can buy my NFT and wait seven years for it to start playing playing the game. I don't think that works. Yeah, that's a long-term relationship. That's what I'd call exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And maybe by that time, we're like on to like blockchain 2.0 or web 4 or whatever, right? I mean, half kidding. <laughs> yeah, right. We'll see what the next term is. <laughs> yeah. Gwen, earlier you mentioned your relationships with founders or what you look for in founders. And I wanted to get into that before we wrap up. Obviously, you've met a lot of founders, invested in a lot of startups. What do you look for in founders and builders? What are the strong characteristics of the best founders you've worked with? They have vision, but more importantly, the vision is backed up by a huge level of thoughtfulness. And the thoughtfulness can be, it's usually is a result of either they have deep expertise, spending you know, 10, 15, 20 years in a space, be it through a PhD, for example, mm-hmm. or just being a builder operator in the space. But third, it's more importantly, is being able to logically map out the futures in which our world might come to. Because when you build something, anything, right, not just a Web3 startup, Web2 startup, anything, you are literally imagining what the world could be and then getting a hand study to try to build that. And, you know, you can imagine many different things, but you want to spend your time on something that you think more people will use. Right. So that level of imagination is very important. But the imagination, again, is not random. Right. It's backed with conviction, maybe, in how consumer behavior might change or is backed by conviction in certain amount of patterns in some sort of like niche category or just being able to see how, you know, three different kinds of technologies will come together to enable X, Y, Z. So this level of thoughtfulness is something that I really, really look for and always blown away when I meet someone who can explain, wow, like this is where I think the world is going to be. And of course, like you said earlier, right, Jacqueline, you may be wrong. Anyone can be wrong. You, you can guess. It's and okay that's to fine. be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, right? In fact, it's better to, I mean, investments, you always say, right? If all your investments work out, means you probably didn't take enough risks. Because sometimes the most brilliant ideas and the most brilliant founders and builders, you know, can look like crazy. And you you are taking a bet. Because mm-hmm. when you invest in something, you are taking a bet on that founder and more importantly, that founder's conviction and vision. Right. And my final question for you, Gwen, is what's your advice for startups looking for funding right now or to build in this space amid the current market conditions? Number one, don't look for funding just because. Don't be a grand entrepreneur. Don't be a person just trying to launch new tokens to, you know, raise money, right? You know, I've got projects texting me and like, hey, um, we've got this traction and they show me a chart of their token price, you know, and then, hey, can you in- introduce us to stuff? I'm like, so what's your traction? They're like, oh, this is the traction, the token price. I'm like, that's not traction, right? So I want projects to really focus on real, real traction. Focus on all that. When you have all of that, when you do talk to investors, 
you have solid base on which it's a good story to tell, you've got good traction, the investors will see that. So focus on building, don't focus on hype, you know, and then you will more likely be more successful. Wonderful. Thanks again, Gwen, for coming on the show. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Thank you so much, Jacqueline, for having me. We'll be back every other week with interviews with top players in the crypto ecosystem. Catch us on Thursdays for interviews with experts in the Web3 space. You can keep up with us on Spotify, Apple Music, or your favorite pod platform and subscribe to our companion newsletter, also called Chain Reaction. Links to the newsletter and the stories we talked about can be found in our show notes and be sure to follow us at chain underscore reaction on Twitter. Chain Reaction is hosted by myself and produced by Yashad Kulkarni and Maggie Stamets with editing by Kel. Bryce Durbin is our illustrator, Alyssa Stringer leads audience development, and Henry Pickovit manages TechCrunch's audio products. Thanks for listening. See you next time.